You're listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind with Jess Kovic, episode number 64. Welcome to Confessions of the Creative Kind. I'm your host, Jess Kovic, media producer by day, designer, photographer, and creative entrepreneur by later that day. Join me as I stumble through life as an artist, pick myself up, and confess everything that I've learned on the way down. Y'all ready for this? Let's do it. Hey, hey, everybody. Welcome back to the show. Thank you for joining on this listening journey. Today, I want to talk about something that is near and dear to me, my very first creative love, and that is photography. I realized that as long as I've been doing this podcast, I've merely referenced the fact that I am a photographer and have a background in it, and I've never given you the full story. So I'm going to be doing that today. But first, a few updates. The first update that I want to share with you all is that I've started a Redbubble storefront. While I've been familiar with Redbubble for a long while, I've never actually put a storefront together. I've purchased things from it. Actually, for my booth, I've purchased tapestries with my designs on it as backdrops. I've done it twice because I've changed my mind on what I wanted for the backdrop and I've designed more things, but that's another story entirely. But I've never sold things on Redbubble, primarily because I've focused more on my own shop, Sugar Bunch, on my Shopify website where I own it, I have that URL. I've always not wanted to be too reliant on a platform. Even if I was very successful on something like Redbubble or Etsy, that platform could be taken away at any time. So I haven't put my attention very much there. For those that are unfamiliar, Redbubble is a print-on-demand site for artists to upload their designs and their art or phrases and sayings on a variety of different products that they can then sell. It's print-on-demand in the same way that Printful is. I've talked about Printful a lot. That's the app that I use through Shopify. It's a company that is, again, print-on-demand. You upload your design and you can put it on different products across the platform. And when a customer orders it, they print just that one product so they don't have any inventory. You don't have to carry any inventory. And then they ship it directly to the customer. On Redbubble, you can set up your own margins so you can decide if you want to make more or less but you probably don't want to set up too much more so that way you're in line with the rest of the site anywho i set it up primarily because i had a handful of people asking me about putting my designs on masks everybody's wearing a mask these days or at least they should be still in the pandemic i feel like i say that every week just because it feels like some people forgot in california it is required to wear a mask when you are in public at all walking down the street any public place indoors outdoors doesn't matter so while i resisted initially with putting my designs on masks it was because i didn't feel super great about profiting from a pandemic especially in the beginning when there was a shortage of surgical masks that frontline workers medical workers essential workers couldn't get access to them and they really needed them so Now that we're, what, several months, four, five, six, depending on who you ask or when it started, lots of months into the pandemic, it's becoming more of a necessity, more of a fashion accessory. The medical grade masks should still go for the frontline workers, but we're all being asked to wear some type of cloth mask. It's just a part of everyday life now. And because I've gotten the requests, I decided to go ahead with it. Also, I thought this is a good opportunity to make a donation to COVID relief funds. So a portion of every sale of masks on Redbubble and probably anywhere I end up selling masks 
will be donated to COVID relief funds. I haven't decided which organization to donate to. If you have suggestions, please let me know. I just want to make sure it's going to the right one or something that I feel is in need and is doing good work. It might even be spread across a few different companies. So for anyone that purchases a mask with my designs, know that a portion will be going to help out. And while I did that, set up the storefront, only had masks in it for a hot minute. The reason I didn't just do it through my store, through Printful, that's what I wanted to do in the first place. But the reason that I didn't do it was because at this moment in time, Printful only has what are called neck gaiters. They look like a sleeve that someone put their head through and it just sits on your neck and then you can pull it up over your nose. They look kind of cool. Someone pointed out to me that in the summertime, people might not want to wear it. So maybe I'll invest in those in the future. But through Printful, currently, they only have neck gaiters and black masks that you cannot customize. And I felt that that defeated the purpose. I looked kind of early on and they had white ones. So I suspect that they've been in high demand and they are out at the moment. And the pandemic is now and people are asking for the designs on the masks. So I didn't want to wait. So I looked to other solutions and found Redbubble. And all the research that I've done, the quality seems great. People seem happy with it. I ordered a few myself. I have not gotten them yet. So I'll report back when I do have them in my hot little hands. And I've announced it on the social media platforms and just kind of let people know that we're asking about them, that they are available. Originally, I was only going to have the Redbubble storefront to facilitate the masks. But now that I've gotten into it and the way Redbubble works, you upload a design and you can select which products. And there's a whole handful of stuff. Some of those things are not available through Printful. So I got to thinking, I got to looking at it. It shows you a little mock of what the design looks like on different things like travel mugs and a whole bunch of stuff. So I decided to just why not throw the design on some of those other products and just see what happens. So I'm very new to Redbubble. I've briefly looked at some keywording data and some best practices, but I don't know enough to share any more with you all. You can probably bet and guess that in the future, I will do an entire episode focused on Redbubble of what I've learned or if I decide to keep going with that. But that's kind of what I've been doing this last weekend to get those up and out the door. If you are one of the very amazing people that have purchased the masks already, thank you, thank you, thank you. Tell your friends, tell them about the good cause. And if there's other things in the Redbubble product list or in the community that you'd like to see, let me know as well. Looking forward to seeing how that goes. Also, if you are a Redbubble artist and you've been selling on the platform for a while and you've been doing it either successfully or you're growing or you have some insights to share, hook me up, reach out, let me know. Maybe you can be on this podcast and you can tell everybody about it because you have some info that we need. All right back to the story of my experience with photography. So I called it my first love because it was the first thing I ever wanted to do with my life as a career. I liked taking pictures. I liked taking the disposable cameras and taking them, you know, wherever, consciously framing things and getting them developed. And it was like this fun little surprise. This was when people were still using disposable cameras. In fact, I have an entire bag full of undeveloped film and disposable cameras that might never see the light of day. My hope is that there's some precious moments, special memories, people that I've lost on this film, but I actually went ahead, took a couple in the last year or so to Rite Aid, and 
it's a real pain in the ass and expensive to get any of those developed now. Of the two that I took, one of them was damaged and you could barely see anything. And then the other one was one that I already had developed, but I still had the roll of film for some reason. I thought I would develop the whole bag in this next year, but because it's a pain in the ass and expensive and I got that result, it's going to take a lot longer. But anyway, it was the first thing that I wanted to do, but I didn't have a ton of money growing up. So I always wanted to be well off, to be stable with my finances. And I looked at being a photographer and felt like that was a very unstable career choice to do, that I would have to be a starving artist or nothing, and decided that that just wasn't an option if I wanted to have money. Didn't know what I wanted to do for a really long time, but as always drawn to creative things, I eventually took a college course while I was still in high school at a community college for photography. And I didn't think that that would be my main job. I just wanted to learn how to do it. And I developed film and learned about basic composition. And it was really fun. I also jumped onto the yearbook club. (laughs) It was a seventh period at my school. And I got to go take pictures of the volleyball team, their team picture and some other team pictures throughout the school and some action shots. Didn't think I would do much else with it. I wanted to work for a magazine, but I thought maybe there's other ways I could work for a magazine, not being the photographer. I really didn't know all of my options. So graduated high school, went to community college because I couldn't decide what I wanted to do and figured I have to take gen eds anyway, started doing that. Continued with some art classes, uh, ended up taking a class that was supposed to help you determine what you wanted to do. And it gave gave you all these aptitude tests. What are you suited for? What are you gravitating towards? And it kept pointing to art director in those fields. So I thought that that's what I want to do. Not really knowing all the back work that you have to do to be an art director and how many different ways you can define that term. But that's what I decided I wanted to do when I went looking to where I was going to transfer to. And I was kind of floundering and bummed and a little frustrated that I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. And I happened to be with my sister. She was at a college fair at Santa Monica College, Community College, and I went with her and we stumbled upon a booth for Brooks Institute of Photography. The guy was so charismatic and he was a motivational speaker that he hooked me in to be interested in this school. And I wasn't even there looking for myself. I got this cool little set of highlighters and a brochure. And in looking through the programs, I was interested in a couple of them, just the straight up photography program and the visual communications program, which later became graphic design. I liked it being called visual communication because it seemed like it married all of my interests, the photography and design. And I went to the school with my mom for to, to, to tour the campus. And they said, okay, if you're interested in this track, you go this way. If with this group. If you're interested in this track, you go this way. So when they asked me, I said I was interested in both. And they said, well, you got to pick one to go on this tour. So I said, I guess I'll do visual communication. And they quickly ushered me that way. And through some very aggressive admissions process, that's just kind of where I stayed. And as a naive student, I just kind of let it all happen. Fortunately, it wasn't too far out from what I felt I should be doing. So I studied essentially graphic design with at a photography school, which I feel like I got the best of a lot of different worlds from that experience, but I did not study completely photography. I did end up auditing classes for photography later on because I, again, I'm really indecisive and, and felt like maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I made a mistake. Maybe I should have just done photography. So I studied everything. Graduated BA in graphic design because they changed the program from visual communication to graphic design. I think I've shared that experience 
before on this podcast about my education, but through school, I did some internships and ended up interning. I just looked on Craigslist, looked everywhere, any type of art internship that I could get some experience because I knew I was graduating soon and I was going to need to go get a real job. Ended up interning for Tiger Beat and Bop Magazine, where I interned in the photo department. No matter what I did, that first love kept creeping back into my focus and what I was doing. So for that job, I assisted on some photo shoots, did a lot of organizational work of the prop studio and made contact sheets and got to witness some um, portrait sessions with some like teeny bopper celebrities. Went back to school or, you know, continued school until I was done and did some other internships, interned for a magazine, did an internship program where I Uh, studied and and interned abroad, thought that I would end up getting a production artist or more design job when I got back, graduated. When I got back, I finished the school year. And it just so happens that the woman that I entered for at Tiger Beat and Bob had a position opening that aligned right when I was going to be out of school. So I interviewed, met some other people. And this was again for her team under the photo team. So I was interviewing to be a photo research assistant. Now, photo research assistant, I had never heard of, did not study to be, did not know what it was, but I was eager and willing, and I had worked with her before and felt like I could do the job. Ended up getting it and working, ended up getting it, and then became a photo research assistant, and it involved a lot of researching on stock photo sites for stock photos. And the big job of that became finding, trying to find authentic looking photography, And at first I wasn't shooting. I wasn't doing a lot of retouching. I was doing some production work, but eventually it evolved into doing more shooting. There was a need, there was skill sets. I had studied photography off and on. So when when there was a need for an in-house photo studio, I said, I can help with that. And then I did. (laughs) So that job, that studio grew and grew and grew. So I had a hand in helping develop the studio and shooting pretty much everything. We were a scrappy little team and it was, hey, can you shoot portraits of the executives? Yes, we'll do that. Hey, let's shoot some tabletop photography of crafts. We're going to do that. Hey, we're going to shoot food. You're going to style food and shoot that with natural light. So it was a really great kind of crash course of the breadth of photography possibilities and just the breadth of shooting. So I didn't focus on any one thing. A lot of people study photography and they study to be a food photographer or a portrait photographer or a lifestyle photographer, something specific, but I kind of dabbled in a lot. I also dabbled in producing of the the shoots in different scales. And that came primarily from the need and primarily from it just being a scrappy small team. And it was like, let's do this and figure it out until we get it. Did a lot of retouching there as well, because we would concept a shoot, shoot it in our in-house studio, and then handle all the production all on the same team. Jump forward about five years, that whole business unit was struggling and they ended up laying off almost everybody in different ways. Eventually the entire photo team was laid off and I was uh, off to look for another job. And it was difficult to find something because there weren't many job postings for photo researcher or photo research assistant. At that point, I was promoted to a photo editor and there are some photo editor jobs. It's a little bit more common of a term, but at that point in time, around 2012, 2013, 
2012, a lot of jobs were kind of combining those responsibilities. The photo research ended up going to the designer, the graphic designer or the art director or a media producer was doing that work. So I had this varied skill set that was kind of hard to nail down into a specific job. So I had to comb all the job listings and look, search for keywords like photo, art, production, and find something that I felt I could do. And then I would have to sell myself on it. In the meantime, while I was laid off, I decided to start my business, my sugar bunch business that was originally focused around shooting wedding photography, portraits, and doing wedding flowers because I have a background in that too. And I felt like I could offer packages. So while I was looking for another job, I was doing that business on the side, got a few gigs. Um, and before I could go really full force on that, I ended up getting a job as an art producer at an ad agency. So that business, I still had it. I was still claiming I was doing it and doing it here and there, but I wasn't putting all my energy to it and ended up getting the job as art producer. And that was a lot more production-based, less hands-on photography, less hands-on retouching. It was more helping produce photo shoots. So I got that whole side of the business um, from that job. I ended up going to another ad agency and was an art buyer, pretty much the same position, just two different interchangeable titles. Did a lot more producing of photo and video shoots. And through it all, I still had my business in the background of doing Sugar Bunch weddings here and there, kind of put it aside, picked it back up here and off and on. And I would just shoot travel photography just for the hell of it, just because I like to shoot. Well, eventually the production art buyer, art producer jobs were feeling less creative than I wanted to be. I wasn't using my hands-on experience with design or photography. So eventually I just wanted something more creative. I wanted to get back into being more hands-on. As fate would have it, I was laid off again. (laughs) The, The ad agency I was at lost some business that I was working on and had to go and look for another job. So at this point, I decided that I wanted to be doing something more hands-on. I really wanted to be that art director. And now I had a lot more information and experience to know what kind of art director I wanted to be. I wanted to be coming up with ideas and being an on-set art director where I would be setting up the composition of the shot, the frame, working with a photographer. So having that experience to work together and saying what I wanted to see working with set designers, working with the talent, directing talent to where you'd say a little to the left, smile a little bit more, act like you were afraid, something like that. So that's what I really wanted to do. The problem was I had spent so much time doing the production aspect. I didn't have a ton of client work to show with my creative ideas. I had things that I had done on my own with my own direction, but it was hard to sell when I didn't have actual corporate office work that showed my creative. So while laid off, I went and did a bunch of freelance. I worked with a handful of clients and did the design and offered my photography skills. I ended up working with a company called Not Soap Radio and still work with them off and on, became really friendly with the owner and did a lot of photography, tabletop photography and some lifestyle for their products. And that was really fun. And it was kind of exactly what I wanted in terms of creativity and being an art director hands-on. And somewhere along those lines, the friend that I worked with ended up giving, saying, I don't know why you're not licensing your designs. You should be doing that. Why aren't you doing more of your own art? And that rolled into me turning Sugar Bunch into the design-focused 
product storefront that you know today and how I got into wanting to license and manufacture my designs. So along the way that I was doing Sugar Bunch and morphing into what it was, I found my love and passion for photography again by shooting all the products I was designing. And that was a really big part of the business at first, because if you notice the Sugar Bunch logo currently, which I'm probably going to update it, it has a little camera. And that was part of it because I would do these really fun themed photo shoots with my friends of the products and we would model and get to do these really wacky fun styles that I didn't get to do in the corporate jobs that I was working. So now, you know, now you know why there's a camera in the logo and how, how I approached the collections for my store. So I, I love photography. I love traveling. I love doing travel photography, taking pictures, being a fly on the wall for a long time. I really liked doing weddings because I got to do that fly on the wall, just be there. What I didn't love was doing the portraits of the family and such. And weddings got a little repetitive for me. So as much as I love the fly on the wall photography, I don't want to be beholden to the first kiss and the first dance and the first to the cake cutting, like all those things that you have to hit. I want to more document something. I'm really into kind of documentary photography. And on the opposite end, I love doing really stylized, really funky, poppy themed photo shoots. And to be honest, I haven't done one for Sugar Bunch in a while because they're a lot of work and they require help. So I want to get back into doing that probably after the whole pandemic subsides. But the reason photography has been on my mind a little bit here lately is because I haven't done it as much as I would like to be doing it. And for my day job, I actually just did a little bit of shooting and it sparked my creativity so much in that love, my first love that I was talking about when we started this, this chat together that I miss it. And I want to infuse it back into my business that I'm always going to be both things. I'm always going to be a designer photographer and ultimately the art director of all of my, my things that I produce. And to me, there's a whole vision of designing something, having a product, and then seeing it come to life in really cool, expressive themes. For a while in school, my favorite photographer was David LaChapelle because of the surrealism and just the funkiness and the the shock kind of value that you would see in the photography. I couldn't tell you what my favorite photographer is now because I feel like there's so many and there's other... There's so many different styles that I would say, I like this person for this, but this person for this. And these days, everybody has a camera. So you see a lot of repeating themes. So anywho, all of that to say, I started out loving photography and thinking maybe I could be a photographer. Maybe they don't make a lot of money. And what else can I do? And through my whole journey of going to school, having different experiences, I've worked in almost every facet of the photography business and gotten to see a plethora of different types of jobs you could get. So if you are a photographer or you're interested in photography, there may be something that is related to the business that you might be really suited for, or you might get excited about. For example, photo research. That requires someone that knows photography, knows what's a good photo composition, knows what's going to be best related to the content, and goes and finds through various means that art that would work. So not necessarily to someone taking the pictures. I had no idea that that was a job before I ended up getting the job. Photo editor, similar thing. You're going through a slew of photos, you're finding the right one to represent the best product, the model, the the content, the article, whatever it is. Retouching, that's a whole nother job. That's, you know, actually going in, not to be confused with photo editor. I feel like people use those 
terms a lot interchangeably. Photo editor to me is someone that's making the selects. A photo retoucher is actually going in, cloning, color correcting, adjusting the photo, manipulating it. There's all sorts of different photography you could do. You could be a still photographer. You could, you could not have to work with people if you want to shoot things, but you don't want to have to direct people. And a lot of people don't want to. Or you could say, I love people. I love showing moments. And you could be a lifestyle photography, a lifestyle photographer. You could be a children's photographer. You could be a food photographer. You could be a stylist and just work with a photographer and you're setting up the beauty beautiful things that are going to be shot. You could even market yourself more as a journalist and do more of the fly on the wall photography, the documenting of a thing and being a storyteller. And the equipment and the software is so accessible these days that there's probably jobs involving photography that I don't know about or that have yet to be in existence, that there's new technology that's going to spring all these new jobs that are related to photography that isn't exactly the person firing the camera. So I invite you, if you are interested in photography, to explore all the different ways you might be able to develop a career or that you might be able to study or get more involved in. And I think I should have some photographer guests on this podcast. There's some people that I know that I think I'm going to ask and say, hey, let's talk about your craft and what you do in this field. If you have any suggestions of people you'd like me to interview slash chat with on this show, Holla at your girl. And that's all I have to say about my photography journey for today. We'll talk about it more in the future. Everyone stay safe. Check out the Redbubble storefront. I'll put a link to it in the show notes. That's at jesskovic.com forward slash podcast forward slash 64 for this episode's show notes. And we'll talk next week. Thanks, guys. Thank you so much for listening to Confessions of the Creative Kind. If you'd like to see more of my work, you can visit my website at jesskovic.com. And if you're interested in snagging some of my design products, you can visit my online art boutique at sugarbunchcreative.com. You can find and connect with me on Twitter or Instagram at jess underscore kovic. And finally, if you like what you hear on the podcast, please leave a five-star rating and review in the iTunes store and then tell a friend. Why not? Until next time, take care and talk soon.